0: Voice of Change time and today on the show I'm excited to be with one of my favorite authors and also just an incredibly special woman who's going to be taking us through some of the stories of the women of the Bible and how they connect with our hearts as people who often feel misunderstood. So welcome to Voice of Change, it's Lauren Jacobs and you are with me for the next hour. I am so excited to be with you. Like I said, I'm also going to be joined later on the show by Ashley and Chantel Ricks as Well as Edwin Brooks, and they're going to be talking to us about SA Unite, their wonderful, wonderful organisation that this Passover season is planning to feed 100 people, and that is a big number. And they are hoping to be able to do that, and not only feed, but also feed, you know, physically as well as provide nourishment for people's souls with the Word of God. And they're going to be up with me right at the end of the show. Now Mary Demuth is my, you know, like I said, one of my favourite authors and just an incredible human, and she is going to be sharing with us about her new book called The The Most Misunderstood Woman of the Bible now Mary is an author of more than 40 books which is incredible she's also a podcaster at Pray Every Day, she's an artist, a literary agent with a passion for God and she and her husband Patrick have three adult children and they live in Dallas, Texas and you know what, Mary has written so many books, like I said, over 40 books, she's also shared so prolifically on her own journey as a sexual abuse survivor and as someone with a powerful voice and compassion for other people and in her new book it's a very very compelling book that comes out of just knowing that you know what sometimes we as people all of us feel misunderstood and what can the woman in the Bible really teach us how can just a plain reading of the Bible teach us more and more about their lives so you know what Mary is gonna be with me after this you don't want to go anywhere because we're gonna touch on some of the women that are misunderstood and why this is important for us today so she's with me after this. Enjoy some music. Mary, this is such a treat to have you with me on the show today. I know that we spoke Probably over a year ago about your book that you released and your story that you really told, you know, about what you went through surviving sexual abuse. And that was so, so powerful and it was so powerful on the show. So to have you back to be talking about something a little bit different is going to be such a joy and such a treat for the listeners today. But before we get into that, welcome to the show and thanks for being with me today.
1: It's such a pleasure. I love your beautiful city and I love South Africa so much. So it makes me happy just to be able to talk to you.
0: Mm, Thank you so much. I'm sure that, you know, you have to pay a visit sometime again, you know, once all the craziness of this world sort of settles down, isn't it? You have to. Lord willing. Yeah. (laughs) Now you have just released your latest book, your 43rd one, I believe. And it's so incredible. The most misunderstood woman of the Bible. Now, You know, this title kind of says a lot, it says kind of what we can expect when we get between the pages, but you know, tell us some of the reasons why you wrote this book, what was on your heart specifically, as I mentioned, you were with me about a year ago talking through your story, and have you connected to the misunderstood woman of the Bible, was this something like deeply personal, or something that you saw just through the pages of scripture you wanted to
1: highlight? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, had an experience a couple of years ago with a close friend who misunderstood my heart and my motives. And it, it really devastated me and caused me to kind of introspect a long time, probably far too long Um So that relational wound has been in the background. And then I did a, um, for the past couple of years, I've been doing a rapid reading of scripture. So I'll read the whole Bible from um, cover to cover in two or three months. And what that's done, and I just keep doing doing that repeatedly, Mm -hmm. what it's done is it's caused me to really elevate a plain reading of scripture. And what I had found with many of these women was that I had all these sermons in my head about them. But when I came to the scripture just plain, um, I started to see insights about their lives that I think I missed. Mm. And so then I combined those two ideas of what does it feel like to be misunderstood and why is that one of the most painful injuries we experience as human beings? And what about these 10 women who have been misunderstood both in their context and for in history? Mm. How can I combine those two? So I put on my storytelling hat. I'm also a novelist, and I put on my novelist hat and told their stories as close to the telling of scripture as I could, but with fiction techniques. And then I unpacked them for those of you, which I think is 100% of us, (laughs) who have been misunderstood and how we can Mm. have takeaway from that.
0: Mm. I love that when you talk about being misunderstood. I know, you know, just in my own life and in my own story, there were so many times growing up, where I felt lonely, you know, just really lonely. It was a very, very real feeling. And I remember, you know, when I got to the bottom of it, and when I really unpacked it, it was just a sense of being misunderstood, you know, not having a place where someone understands you, you know, whether it be, you know, school at that time, because I was a teenager or family or everything was just not seen, I was just felt not seen or, or understood from the different complexities, you know, and I think that it's so powerful when we look at this and say, yes, 100% of us have probably felt misunderstood at some stage. But, you know, these women of the Bible as well, you know, what can we get from their stories? How can we, you know, be encouraged? And I think that that is so powerful. So, you know, were there things that surprised you when you began just plainly reading the scriptures, plainly reading their stories and maybe researching their life a bit or looking at them, were there some surprises along the way
1: when you encountered their stories? so many surprises. Because first, I would just read and read and read and read and read the stories over and over again. And I would get a lot from that. And then I would jump into commentaries and, and research. Um, And, you know, as you as a theologian, you understand that part of the process. Uh, But, you know, the one that really kind of stuck out to me was Eve, and how we have blamed her for the fall of humankind. When, um, when we look at the scripture, it's, Actually, she's the one that confesses honestly and Adam confesses non-honestly. So she Mm -hmm. said, that serpent deceived me and I ate. And so when she confessed, it was like she actually told the truth. Adam said, that woman you gave me gave this to me and he's basically in doing so he's blaming God for giving him the woman and blaming the woman. And yet we forget that he was standing right there in the garden, right next to her, um, and not saying a word. And so there's just a lot of things there that to unpack the story instead of just to be flippant and say, Oh, it's all her fault. Um, there's actually, you know, it's both of their faults and by reading it and reading it over again and just making, um, kind of boring observations you begin to see uh, just how different it is that you might have thought of when you first read it.
0: Hmm. And, And I was thinking about one of the other women that you speak about in your book, Leia, I don't know how you guys pronounce it. It could be Leah. (laughs) We would say Leah. And, and, And the surprisingness about her story, because I think that she's also so very misunderstood because we kind of have these two sisters up against each other almost because that's how people read it, isn't it? And then when you stop and begin to actually look at her life and what she experienced, that must have probably been quite surprising as well
1: to see just how misunderstood she was. Exactly. And, you know, of course, we're in a different culture now. And um, we don't have, you know, multiplicity of wives and all of that. Mm. But we definitely have a hierarchical system of judgment based on beauty. Mm. And more so than probably ever before in human history. And so many of us who have felt less than in that area, or compared ourselves to somebody else, there's so many lessons there. And, you know, it's, I think the the messaging of the world is if you are beautiful uh, according to our standard, standards, or if you are handsome mm-hmm. according to our standards, then you will succeed. And there sadly are some studies out there that prove that that's, that tends to be the truth. But the reality in the kingdom of God is that is the Lord is after a beautiful soul. He looks inside. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look at the exterior. And so we, that to me gives me a lot of hope that. A hundred percent of us are aging. A hundred percent of us are going to get wrinkles yeah. uh, unless we die young. <laughs> and, mm. and so my prayer has been, Lord, may it be that my soul grows more beautiful the closer I get to heaven. Mm. And that's been a really important thought to me. Mm, I love that as well.
0: This is so interesting. I was having that conversation with someone just last week where they were were saying, oh, this person is so beautiful. They're going to be so great at what they do. And I was like, how does the two go together? I just don't understand that. So someone that is not beautiful, in inverted commas, because, you know, that's abstract, is not good at their job or is not good at something they're going to do in the future. I just really kind of struggle with this, you know? And I think that it's so powerful that you're bringing that out as well. And I think that this is probably part of why this book is so important for a Christian women even today, like you said, and it's so important to note that we're living so far away from those times. You know, we're reading people's stories that are literally thousands of years old, and so their context is very, very far. So what makes this important for a Christian woman today, even in modern times, what would you say? Would be you know the importance for for us today when we read books like this, but also when we encounter these women's stories,
1: I would say first of all that I forget that these are actual human beings with real stories they're not archetypes or characters, and so just coming to that realization that Leah lived and breathed and she had insecurities like the rest of us, Naomi, who you know walked through heartache she's just like us she's a human, and nothing really has changed in that sense in the past couple thousand years Mm. and so having them as tutors or guides or cautionary tales um, to teach us how to navigate this world is really important i'm much more moved by stories than i am by didactic although i love that you know digging Mm. in and finding the didactic Um, but it's if there's just something to be said about the powerfulness of stories and so My prayer for this book is twofold. I pray that um, if you're walking through the valley of misunderstanding, these women will have helped you navigate it better. And then the second is kind of what I've hinted at already is is reading these stories that people would fall in love with the Bible and with a plain reading of Scripture Mm -hmm. and just begin to really dig in and ask important questions as you're reading.
0: Mm, I love that. I once heard a Bible professor that I was listening to who was giving a talk, and he said, We often approach Scripture with all the answers, but instead we should suspend all the answers and, and instead come with the questions mm. and I loved the way that he put that because it's it almost is is a backward thinking because people and we all guilty of it we come to the scriptures and you know we could read something like Psalm 23 for example we know it so well we no longer have questions of it we no longer think it can teach us maybe anything new but I believe that it can when we come with you know just simple that simple reading those simple questions as well and and what you said about story is so important I think it humanizes people when we really understand that these were people that really live they have a story and speaking about story were there you know one or two stories that were a bit difficult, oftentimes when we read the scripture, we can encounter people that maybe we don't like. It's the same as when we read a book or or someone whose story really pulls on us because
1: it's difficult. Did you find those kind of stories as well? Uh, Definitely. Um, And as a sexual abuse victim and what we talked about last time we were talking, uh, of course, those stories of Bathsheba and Tamar were harder to write or harder to walk through. And particularly um, Tamar, because she doesn't, her story is is kind of in the middle. So in other words, it doesn't have much of a resolution. And I think a lot of people who have walked through any kind of trauma can really relate to her story because Sometimes there isn't a little bow tied up at the end and it's like, oh, that story's ended well. There are some hints of it. And I think that's beautiful to look at and what I look at in the book. But um, it's also encouraging to know that you can live in the midst of an unfinished story.
0: Mm. Well, I love that. And I think, yeah, like you said about Tamar, it's so, so her story is very hard to read. And there's almost that culture of silence that seems to embody how she has to live with her brother taking her into his house, which is a good thing, but then saying, you know, just be quiet. And I think that that must really resonate with so many people and so many victims and survivors of, of abuse. And I can only imagine that reading that story and telling
1: it it must actually be quite a deep experience. It is, and and you're right. I mean, there's a culture of silence around her. Her brother says, "Don't talk about this," and then takes her into his home. the The encouraging part of it is that her name means date palm, and in the Middle East, where when I visited um, Israel, I learned from one of our guides that the date palm stays close to the ground until it's maturing, and then it it jumps up into the sky like a palm tree, mm. and um, that was. Kind of, perhaps her story as well, because we see that uh, her brother named his son, so her niece was also given her name. So she, she's mm-hmm. the third Tamar in the Bible, or Tamar, and um, so there's this hint of redemption that she did have a good life, and that there she was so well loved that a child was named after her. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, (laughs) that's also really, really special. Wow. And I, I also was reflecting on the fact that, you know, there are these truths that you end each chapter of the book with, truths about being fully understood as ourselves and questions for discussion. I think that's very important in a book as well. Why do you feel it's important to finish with those kind of steps to really take a time of reflection and to go, okay, there's some questions here. There's some deeper things. What are the truths that I want to understand about myself? Did you feel that was very, very important? to connect with each woman's story
1: it is because it helps us to reflect and so if you're a journaler these are great questions to add to your journal and just reflect on but also I put them in there because I believe that we grow best in community Mm -hmm. Um, I don't grow very well in isolation and so these questions are meant to be shared in community so this is a really good book too if you need kind of a an easier Bible study um, meaning you don't have to fill in a bunch of blanks it's Mm -hmm. you read the chapter and then answer the questions when you get together so if you're looking for that kind of a discussion-based Bible study, uh, this is a really good book to process those things together with.
0: Hmm. And that's really, really awesome to also make it, you know, personal to yourself where you're not just reading the story. And I think that sometimes it can mean that you can actually reflect on someone whose story you've read so many times. Probably people have read the story of, you know, Rebecca, for example, so many times where they go, oh, she was bad because she got her son to, you know, go in and get the blessing. And then they kind of don't feel good towards Rebecca. But I think that having these questions and also reflecting on these stories in a way that that you write it and have brought it across for us, you know, is really actually makes it personal and can actually get us to think, maybe I don't understand this woman. Maybe I don't understand her motives or her action. Maybe I don't understand her life. And maybe through reading this and reflecting on this and how it connects with me, maybe things that I want to understand about myself, I can actually, you know, maybe have some more grace for these people who live long ago, whose stories we're reading in hindsight So that means that we can often judge them when maybe we could more be open to understanding them a bit
1: more. And I think that that's so beautiful about this as well. I agree. And it's also something that we can apply to our relationships too because I think we do the same thing with people. We just come to a conclusion without – asking questions of them or reading them well. Mm -hmm. And so part of my heart in the idea of being misunderstood is that we become a people who stop misunderstanding (laughs) others. So Mm -hmm. we know how much it hurts. Um, I'm sure that those uh, biblical women in their context know exactly what it feels like to be misunderstood. So that's why I wrote about it, to give us a cautionary tale to remind us uh, how it feels so that we can become people who ask questions, who listen, who seek to understand understand rather than just um, blindly passing judgment. And in our world of social media where we're canceling people left and right, it's very easy and we've trained ourselves to, to do the opposite of understanding. We've just jumped to misunderstanding. Mm, Amen to that. It's so, so
0: important. And Mary, you know, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like you learned, uh, you know, something maybe new about yourself or that you grew as, you know, God was leading you on this journey to tell these women's stories and to understand them as well? Was it kind of a personal journey for you in there?
1: Yeah, I had, um, at the beginning of the book, I talk about a friend of mine who said to me, do you know Jesus was one of the most misunderstood people on earth? And I totally uh I totally understand that now and I agree with it and it has caused me to read through the gospels with that in my mind and it's kind of changed my view of Jesus and so You know, you look at him, there are times where he speaks up, there's times when he's quiet, and I think that's why we have the Holy Spirit within us. I have learned about myself that I tend to defend myself quite a bit, Mm. and that stems from insecurity, but there are times where, um, like Jesus before Pilate, I am called not to reputation management, but to Mm. silence, and that has probably been one of the things I've learned the most about myself. Hmm,
0: that's that's beautiful. I was reading just last night about, you know, how Jesus stood before Pilate and how quiet he was. And I was reflecting on that again and also reflecting while we're talking about women on Pilate's wife, you know, what she did and being that final advocate for Jesus before he went to the cross. And I think I uh, I was kind of just reflecting on her and what that must have taken in her life. And I think so many women in the Bible, because maybe we don't have their name or they're just, you know, feature very, very briefly, we can kind of maybe overlook their stories or don't realize how much they went through or or how impactful one moment really was but all the moments leading up to that moment and i think that it must be so beautiful just to look at this afresh and say these women all have a place and i can learn from them and they can still teach me you know thousands and thousands of years into the future which is where we're sitting now we can still learn from them and we can still grow from them we can still be challenged and changed
1: I so agree, and if you do look at the women around Jesus, and you see the Pilate's wife advocating for him, and you see Jesus having the longest theological discussion with any human being with the woman at the well, we see uh, women being the witnesses of the first witnesses of the resurrection and sharing that good news. Um, We see it peppered throughout the Gospels of the importance of women in the story of Jesus, and so we are not second class citizens. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are, uh, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We are um, empowered to be a part of proclaiming the gospel. And that I think, regardless of whether people misunderstand us, there is a mandate on our lives and a calling for us to witness what Jesus has done in our lives.
0: Mm, amen What, what a, a powerful message to reflect on as well As we are nearing such a special time You know soon where we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus And you know all that he did But also everyone that surrounded him I think that we can so reflect on the woman That we continue to stand by the cross When he hung on that cross you know And everybody else leaving But the powerful moment You know what it took for them to continue standing there And I think that it's such a powerful Challenge that you're giving us as well that women were always there and that we have this mandate in continuing to share that gospel story and this gospel message and this power. And you know, Mary, it's so it's so important to I want to ask you a question about you know the written word because like I said earlier on in the interview and I asked you this off air as well you've written so many books and you know just writing so many beautiful books and so many truths for us you know why do you think that the written word is still important we you know know that a lot of people talk about yeah there's podcasts now or there's different ways to hear things you don't actually have to read you know you can just put something on while you're driving in traffic and you can just listen you know there's so many things that people talk about but why is the written word
1: still so important it is because it lasts. And, you know, there's a difference between someone telling you something, which is great, or something um, that someone writes down for you and you keep it forever. Uh, it, there's just something very powerful about that. And for me, um, you can go back to it, you can reread it. Uh, of course, you can watch a YouTube video again, but there's just something accessible about a written word in a book. And uh, as an author, of course, I'm very pro written word. Um, But anyway, I just, I feel like it's important and I don't think it's died.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely not. I agree with you. Mary, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing a glimpse not only into this beautiful new book that you've written, but also into these women's stories. And also just this message that we often, sometimes all of us feel misunderstood, but we can actually learn and grow from these women who really, really did live and their stories. And so I want to say thank you for being with me and just, just say as well, all the best for this book, for the beautiful stories that are going to come out of it. You know, that people's lives who are going to be touched and changed through reading this. So thank you so much for being here today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's a full house here today with me on Voice of Change. Today, I have Edwin, Ashley, and Chantal with me today, all from SA Unite. Before we get into the wonderful things that you guys are doing, welcome to you guys. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having us. (laughs) thank you for inviting us
0: it's a a pleasure (laughs) you you guys are showing your humility here this evening you're all waiting for for the other one (laughs) to say hi (laughs) it's so good to have you (laughs) to have you with me and you know what SA Unite so so powerful Ashley and Chantal do you want to tell me a little bit before we get into what you guys are doing over Passover weekend tell me a bit about what SA Unite is about what was the vision behind this
3: okay so SA unites i mean the issu unites started basically when i was born already but it came to it came to i mean yeah so it came to kind of fruition in 2018 um, we we assisted victims of gender based violence at the time and we would point them in the right direction we would assist them however we can but we also saw a need for i mean people were hungry in the communities that we visited mm. and that's how our feeding scheme was birthed we also what we also do is we assist victims of fire so if we are of any houses when the houses that burn down we would see how we would it could assist whether it be with food whether it be with the rebuilding the structures appliances however we can read assist um seo also uh runs various projects uh, including the homework and after school uh, room where kids can come after school and do their homework we'd assist them with reading that kind of thing i'm going to hand over to Shantel she can tell
4: you a little more okay I just want to good evening and thank you for the opportunity once again mm-hmm. um so I just want to uh, kind of get it Ashley that um, we initially started in 2020 which was mm-hmm. just before um, the lockdown um yeah and uh, we have um quite a, a a huge vision which the Lord laid upon our hearts Um we were going to have, okay, we still aim to and we trust the Lord for the um, resources and the people, you know, that he will, that we will be able to collaborate with and to unite with and hence the name a Unite because we believe where there's unity, the Lord commands a blessing. So mm. um, in saying all of that, so we want to uh, go into the communities Apart from just feeding, we would like to get the kids involved in sports and um, various project. various projects, which concern maybe gardening, mm. um, netball, having them play chess, and but in various communities, we will we want to have different setups, and then we will have like in-house, you know, tournaments where they maybe. Um, can uh, play, compete, compete with one another. um. So that is basically the vision. And just when we started out, we uh, locked down it and we were only bound to uh, the, the soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, that is the vision of SA Unite. And um, so like Ashley said and mentioned that we run various projects. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our current... Also, um, the yes. sanitary care packs that we are busy um, collecting, collecting um, mm-hmm. sanitary pads and our lawns, um, face cloths for, for girls that are unable to um, afford a packet of um, sanitary pads. Yeah. Uh, so, we have like a competition going on the SA Unite group where we have um, schools. schools that, uh, or people that nominate the school, and the three schools currently. Uh, or the two of the highest votes will be those that will benefit from the sanitary packs 100 sanitary pack k packs each. So oh. this will be running till the end of April. That is now apart from the pass over weekend okay. that we're also um working on.
0: Mm. This is a really big and awesome vision. So many different aspects going into this, and I, I absolutely love, love, love everything that you guys are sharing. Now, Edwin, I also wanted to touch on, you know, the part of weekend, which is what Chantal was chatting to us about, and to say, you know, this vision to feed a hundred people or probably more if you guys could during this Passover weekend we know coming up soon Uh, it's a very important time you know a very important time for so many reasons but I love this greater vision of saying this is what Passover is also about it's about reaching out to people it's about taking care of people it's about taking care of our communities our society caring love showing that kind of care so Edwin tell us a bit about how Mm. this and what is this about you know feeding people during in this time. Uh, it's it's particularly quite a- incredible and quite encouraging to see you guys doing this.
2: Yeah. Um, so Thank you very much, Lauren. And then uh, maybe just before I go on that, um, I think Shanto um, and Ashley is being very humble here um, and very unassuming today. Um, and they're not telling you that they have so far fed over 750 mil, 50, mm-hmm. meals, 50,000 meals. Wow! Um, over the last three years, you know, they've raised so much money just on their own energy, um, and 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 just like they say, they do everything by faith. And so, yeah. that's how I uh, got a hold of them. Uh, maybe just to start, why we are here today is I've I've been involved in in, in various ways and means in 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 South Africa with NGOs, NPOs, um, in the Overstrand as well. But the one thing, and I want to touch on what Chantal was saying, that the Lord has always laid in my heart is that we cannot make a difference in our nation unless we come together. Mm. Um, and I was just sitting, you know, during December uh, towards the beginning of January, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, you know, I'm involved in a number of things, but I'm just not seeing what you are saying. And... um believe it or not I went on Facebook and I just searched in something about South Africa Unite Mm -hmm. Um, and I came across the group and the Facebook page and by then their group is already by 40,000 followers and I was like what so anyway so I contacted Mm -hmm. Ashley and I said hey listen I'd love to support I'd love to get behind this Um, what can I do you know and from there on here we are we connected with one another our hearts connected um, and then when we as we shared and we prayed we said hey listen Let's do something over Passover. Hmm. Uh, and I mentioned the word Passover to Ashley specifically, and he will tell you more. And he's I'm sure his heart (laughs) is lip when I said Passover, because not everyone talks about Passover. Everyone's all about Easter. You know, and and I just really felt like well, it's been a while, like between my wife and, and others, you know, in our own little corners, we feed people and we we give. We've got a little storehouse that we collect stuff in, and there's people that are able to get and we support um, small soup kitchens and all of those things over time. But I just felt like that things need to become much more sustainable um, and things need to become much more. We need to reach so much more. But anyway, I felt like the Lord saying, Especially over Christmas time, uh, over these times, Passover times, and other times, these are special times. These are, uh, if I can call it, sacred times oh. um, and seasons on the Christian calendar. You know, mm. um, and we've lost the meaning of Passover. We've lost um, the heart behind it. In that, in that, in Christ's provision, um, we are able to do what we are doing today because of His provision, because of His protection. Oh, because of his care, because of the love of God in our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. I just felt like, and we, I mean, Ashley's got two boys, <laughs> Ashley, and I've got three boys. And, you know, we, I tell you, we hang out, uh, we hang out about twice now, two to three mm-hmm. times. And, you know, it's beautiful to see families raising their kids in the values of God, in the values mm-hmm. of Christ. And, um, I mean, I can tell you yesterday we had a church service yesterday afternoon, and apparently my boys were outside telling one of the guys, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know that Jesus loves you and he died for you on the cross? And I mean, they liked like 8 and 10 and somebody uh-huh. comes to tell my wife. So so what I'm saying is we are, we are needing to, and I'm going to end with this. I feel like God wants us to, to return to the ancient pathways, you know? Mm-hmm. um and so what better way than sharing what we've got what we get mm. what we have with others mm-hmm. and ashley's one of those people he only thinks big so so he said hey mm-hmm. no let's go with yeah. 100 people bro. <laughs> 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 so so yeah here we are and um you know we, we we really we appreciate it and doors have just opened people have said yes we'll support and we'll give and we'll and we'll and we'll you know we'll get on board so so right now this next two weeks is the last push
1: we really mm-hmm. want to
2: um, invite others. You know, we've got we've got the SA Unite page that we've set up. Ashley and Chantal can tell you a bit more of where to go, how to get in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's literally at a click of a button and you can – you know, you can really brighten up uh, a few families uh, Passover um, mm. in the next two weeks. So thank you very much, Lauren.
0: Mm, I love that saying, you know, we can really brighten up a family's life as well during this Passover. And I, I completely hear what you're saying and I agree with you. Returning to those ancient paths is such important. And, you know, we we... You know, I can't. I can't believe that we suddenly have to end this conversation. I feel like there's so much more that we can share, and, and then I can learn from you guys as well. But Ashley, I want to just ask you in closing. You know, if people want to give, if they want to get involved somehow, if they want to donate towards you guys feeding, you know, it costs 250 rand, I believe, to feed a per, you know one person. We need 100 meals. We want people to get involved. And how would they be able to do that? Is there somewhere they can go to donate? Can they get in touch? What's the details on that? Okay, so
3: what they can do is they can visit our various handles. On Facebook, it's hashtag SU9th. Mm-hmm. And then our website is ww.su9.org.za. Um, it's very use it's very user-friendly. So they can on the on the on the first page they can see the there's a to donate tab. They can just click on the tab and make whatever donation they want. And it's it doesn't cost two hundred and fifty Rand to feed a person. It costs fifty bucks to feed a mm, person. Okay.
1: Um and
3: yeah, so but what we wanna do, we wanna make this spe- this specific project special to all those that will be there. We wanna we want on the day have at least a three-course meal. We yeah. want to spoil yeah. them with party packs. We we're arranging some jumping castles. So we wanna make it fun for everyone that attends, and obviously we wanna Share the Word of God with him mm. so go to our various um, pay, uh, handles uh, hashtag is unite you can also whatsapp us on oh seven six eight triple seven triple eight and we'll then send all our details by WhatsApp uh? mm.
0: that's awesome so there's a whatsapp number website you can go on over there that whatsapp number again oh seven six eight triple seven and then triple eight. You know, I want to say thank you so That's much fun. to you guys for this incredible work that you are doing. I know that so many lives are, are going to be blessed and touched through this Passover giving and through, you know, f- giving people not only a meal, but like you said, a party pack, giving them fun, giving them joy, sharing the word of God. Thank you so much, Chantel, Ashley and Edwin for being with me today. I believe good things are still going to come and I look forward to having you on the show in the future. So thank you guys so much. <laughs>
4: Welcome. Thank, Thanks, you, Lauren. For Thank
0: so much. you so much Lauren. Sure. I am excited about what our people are doing for other people in our nation in our community, in our society in Cape Town and I'm so excited about what SA Unite are going to be doing and feeding people bringing them the word of God, giving them a party pack, giving them some fun and giving them a Passover to really celebrate like Edwin said, a sacred season that we can get back to and that we can really celebrate and I love that I'm also sure that you're so blessed by what Mary was sharing with us earlier on. Just this incredible amount of just understanding of, you know what? The women of the Bible, they are very nuanced and their stories are stories that we need to look deeper into. And I've just loved having Mary on the show again talking to us about the misunderstood woman of the Bible. You know, that brings me to reflect also on the many times that we as people feel misunderstood. And oftentimes, like I said to Mary in the interview, something that I reflected on, you know, growing up as a teenager and that sense of loneliness that I often felt being surrounded by, you know, friends and family members, but often feeling very, very alone. It was such a real, real feeling for me. And it was one that I had for many, many years. And when I began to unpack it, I really realized it was because I never really felt connected, never really felt like people really saw me, or never really found my people or my tribe, never really found people who saw me for who I was, respected that, and, and loved me regardless. And you know what, throughout life and as you get older, you do find people that do love you, that do respect you, and that do see you for who you are, but you also get to a point in your life, and I fully believe that this is the point that I think most of us should get to. and I pray that we will and that we can is to know that we are understood by God and that we can also just accept ourselves the way we are. Sometimes people won't understand us and they won't always get us, but it doesn't make us any less valuable, important, any less lovable, or any less than anyone else who seems to be quite understood by others. And I really pray today that if you're feeling you know misunderstood or that misunderstanding needs you to feel lonely or maybe it needs you to feel anxious or you know depressed or down sometimes. And I pray that God's Holy Spirit will really come and really just minister to you and speak to you today. And I speak to you as someone that has faced that too. And I really pray that His Spirit will come and rest upon you and will speak to you and that you will be encouraged again. also pray that the stories of the women and the men in the Bible will continue to be an encouragement to you. If you've never taken real time out to really read the stories of the men and the women in the Bible, then I really encourage you to do that because these were real people who really lived and we can learn so much from these stories. Sometimes some people's stories you can Really follow for a very long period of time. Like Paul, for example, or like Abraham or Sarah, you can follow their stories for long. Ruth or Esther and David, you can follow their stories and see that there are threads and patterns that emerge. So I really pray that you'll take time to go into the Word of God and discover anew the beautiful men and women that are there and what they can teach you. Until next week, it's been such a blessing to be with you today. May God bless you and may you have His perfect shalom.